Chapter 15 Stella put her hand on Ollie's trolley to steady herself, and, still considering the mysterious implications of the exchange she had overheard, turned and glanced again out the window. There was Theo outside on the lawn with his niece, the two of them standing face to face behind Fairmount Manor. Stella, who had been about to walk away, stood at the window and watched them wave their hands at one another. She was dying to know what they were arguing about. Niece and uncle turned toward the little patio in the garden outside the dining room. Their gazes turned to the window where Stella was standing. Stella stepped back hurriedly. Behind her, somebody cleared his throat. Stella turned, heart-thumping. But it was only Ollie, come to collect his cleaning trolley. Stella Rockefeller! Ollie greeted her merrily. You can't be lost. You're too smart for that. Stella smiled back at him. It's worse than that. I'm spying. Fantastic! I'll spy with you. Ollie joined her at the window. Oh, look, it's Theo. She grinned. You ought to scold and tell me it's not nice to spy. In boring old Fairmount? It's always nice to see an unusual sight, don't you think? What do you mean, unusual? Stella asked. A man and his niece arguing? A man and his niece? Ollie shot her a look of amused disbelief. Stella, you amaze me. Why? I always thought you were the most knowledgeable person in the building. Theo and his niece turned in the direction of the dining room and together passed out of sight. What is it I don't know? Stella demanded. Stella, you'd better work on your spine. Setting his mop into its slot on the trolley, Ollie pushed away from the wall and headed off down the corridor. Over his shoulder, he told her, That's not his niece. That's his wife. Chapter 16 Stella walked along Fairmount's twisting corridors, slowly at first, and then picking up the pace. Theo had a wife? This would not stand. She passed the office and turned left, then right, and finally stopped dead in the middle of the corridor. At her age, to find herself, Stella looked around at the pink sponge-painted walls. Here, in Rose Corridor, of all places, in the same situation as every gullible virgin, every feckless dozy who, since human affairs began, believed a fellow with a tan line on his ring finger when he said he wasn't married. But... Had Theo ever said he was single? Or had she gained that information from the Greek chorus and thus through the medium of gossip? Unless she stayed in her room all day, she would soon meet Theo again. What should she say to him? You should have told me you were married. But when exactly should he have told her? Before they came friends? Before he escorted her to lunch on Wednesdays? Before he 
took her out into the flower-scented night air and risked life and limb to bring her a bough of cherry blossoms before he made her feel like she was not just an old harpy with nothing to say passing time in fairmount manor before the end of life stella felt the color rise in her face she heard her long dead mother's voice say stella Seton ryman i think i raised you better than that you will say no such thing to theo when you meet him you will keep your temper to yourself and your manners on your sleeve not your heart and do try to think about something pleasant but we can't have everything in this life stella rounded the corner and found herself at the far end of corridor park chapter seventeen Iolanth, Lucille, and the Nodder looked up from their stitchery as Stella entered Corridor Park. From her spot on Stella's right, Thelma said, It's about time you got here. I've been stuck alone with these three all morning. Were you lost again, Stella? Iolanth asked kindly. You ought to draw yourself a map. Or say if you need to find the washroom. Try clicking your heels together three times, Lucille put in, and say, There's no place like the toilet. There's no place like the toilet. The nodder nodded. A man's voice spoke from Thelma's far side. Well now, ladies, how are we all today? Farley Lamoureux, in short sleeves and soft trousers, walked into the center of Corridor Park, dragging a chair behind him. He made quite a production of setting up straight against the wall to Thelma's right. Then, apparently feeling too far away from the Greek chorus, he rose again and boldly pulled it out from the wall so that it blocked half the corridor. He sat down and crossed one ankle over the other knee like a much younger man. He nodded at Eilith, Lucille, and Sally. How are we all today? You must be the new fellow, Eilith said. Stella's neighbor. Eilith briskly introduced him to Thelma and the rest of the Greek chorus. She was supposed to tell us all about you, but I see she's gone us one better and brought the man himself. This new fellow was pretty free with our furniture, Thelma remarked. Farley said, Stella, I hope you don't mind that I join you and Mrs. Hugh. Mrs. Hugh, fancy, Lucille snapped. Call me your majesty, why don't you? I'm Miss Hugh, Thelma corrected. Stella sat down on her chair beneath the skylight, which put her to the left of Thelma and Farley. Thelma leaned on her cane and sucked her upper lip. I want to know all about life here in Fairmount. Farley said to Corridor Park at large. I would love to know every detail. It's a nightmare, Eilith said happily. Very poorly run, Lucille commented. What's wrong with it exactly? There's never a caregiver when you want one, Eilith answered. And two when you don't, Stella did not say. Thelma said, the windows rattle and nobody fixes them. 
only in a high wind. The place is underfunded, of course. Still, Stella was not about to defend Fairmount Manor. Farley nodded. Seems like there's a lot wrong here, then. Staff-to-resident ratio, the building itself. Farley gestured at the walls and floors of Corridor Park. There were about a million things wrong with Fairmount Manor Care Home. Stella felt surprisingly annoyed to hear this stranger listing them. I'm sure there are worse facilities. No, Farley said. He raised his eyebrows at her. Seen them all, have you? Thelma asked dryly. Yes, Farley answered. Yes, I have. I've visited them all. Stella was about to ask why he visited them all when Farley added, Ladies, there are ways to deal with all these problems. How do you deal with cold ears in a high draft? Lucille interrupted. And the big thing is that we've got to stick together, Farley said. But I wonder, should we stick with you? Ireleth asked. We have heard talk that you are a member of a criminal gang. You made up that talk, Stella muttered, but not too loudly, for she remembered the man with the gun. Actually, I'm a lawyer. Retired from my practice, of course. Farley, whether by good luck or because he was a lawyer, said the one thing guaranteed to move the Greek chorus out of opposition into total and eager support. It's the cooking that's a crime, I'll bet. The Greek chorus looked at one another. Ayleth and Lucille, with Sally nodded, talked over each other in perfect agreement and harmony. The soap is watery. The cheese is strangely orange or powdered. The tea is weaker than a two-day-old kitten. And if you get meat, if you're that lucky, then only bits of it. And personally, I think it's really just darkened breadcrumbs disguised as ground beef, not to mention death by tuna coleslaw. The tone sounded for lunch. Silence reigned for a moment. Thelma said, Bon appetit! Theo stepped into Corridor Park. Tuesdays were Sally's day to take his arm down to the dining room. Wednesdays was Stella's. She wished she knew which day it was. Theo offered his arm to the nodder, and, happily, Sally took it. Stella breathed out. Now she wouldn't have to pretend she didn't know his secret. Ayleth asked Theo, How was your visit? With your niece, Lucille added. Theo looked at Stella. He smiled. That was his mistake. Stella said, You've got that wrong, Lucille, for that woman was not Theo's niece. I believe she is your wife, isn't she? All of Corridor Park stared at Theo. The blood rose slowly up his neck, across his cheeks, and up to his excellent hairline. As Sally dropped Theo's arm, Stella recognized the awful truth of what she had just done. Not only had she revealed herself to be as poisonous as any member of the Greek chorus, she was also a gossip spreading news. In fact, she was the most disgusting gossip of them all, because the worst sort of rumor was the truth. But there was no way to take her words back. Neither could she apologize for correcting the misunderstanding about his marital status without expanding the emotional dynamics of the scene. Furthermore, 
She was stricken wordless with shame. She could not think what to say. Farley saved the day in the only possible manner. He stood and offered his elbow to Thelma. Do you know the way to the dining room? He sang in a light tenor, roughly to the tune of Do you know the way to San Jose? I might get lost and lose my way. Stella took a deep breath, turned, and followed Farley and Thelma.